Welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies. Horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. Today we're going to talk about a couple of um, really interesting movies that have a, have a connection in that they have bizarre little children in them. <laughs> <laughs> bizarre children. That's one thing that connects them, but they're, they're movies that we like and... Uh, one of them is kind of like I guess the the quintessential um, governess coming to the to the mansion to take care of the strange little children, and odd things are happening. And I think a garbage truck is backing up. <laughs> can we can did, we just continue with? Yeah. Did you put out the recycling? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, I did. Good. it's out there. <laughs> I, 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 Mark, I think you have some some strange children happening well, this weekend. <laughs> Speaking you of know, some, strange children, <laughs> children, you know, like a lot of times you see a movie and, and a, a, you know, children don't scare you at all. You know, right. This is so not scary. It's just not. But having 22 kids over for a birthday party is chilling, <laughs> even, think... even though they're sweethearts. <laughs> and I, you know, it's my daughter's 11th birthday. Do you so. have like a jumpy house? No jumpy house. We have a pinata. We went uh, downtown and got a pinata. What is it? It's a gecko, of course. Oh. My daughter loves geckos and lizards. So, are you so, gonna are you gonna dress like an evil clown and secretly pose in the background of photographs like that, you did before? That's uh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I can post. I can post that photo. That yeah. Uh, you should definitely screaming. post that. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, that was fun. I still get. Uh, I'll never forget. I was you know walking Halloween night and uh, with my crazy you know scary clown and. Two uh, tweens, two like 13 or 14 year old girls, saw me and ran across the street and almost got like hit by a car. That oh, was at night. What? And then the one other guy, some father comes up and goes, Dude, that is not cool at all. What, like, to dress it, oh, yeah. up as a monster on it's Halloween? Like, it's Halloween. What am I supposed to, you know, like, that's not cool. Wow. Like, oh my God, please. Not they cool. Maybe you need to teach your kids that clowns are scary unless they're named John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Of course, I had this big bloody gash. That my, <laughs> oh, that, okay. that's so, not cool, dude. That so so I was cool. very not cool. And five years later, people still talk about you know Mark's Halloween outfit. So. That has uh, to go on Instagram immediately. Yeah. Okay, I will definitely post that. Definitely her. post. But um, yeah, it, it's my daughter's. It was pretty birthday. awful, though, Mark. It was. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. That was. That's a child. That was abuse. too much. That was just gone gone too far <laughs> you've gone too far i was shamed yeah, the scarlet letter shame. on me shame scarlet c on my lapel but um anyway but yeah i usually kids aren't scary to me in, in movies not they're supposed all. to be scary they just know nope. but there are especially exceptions. when they're supposed to be scary yeah, yeah you know yeah. when they're supposed to be scary they're not scary and when they're just a little bit off and a little bit weird and they that's a little bit more effective at least for me i'm trying there's to a think way to do it last movie that I thought a kid was scary in. I can't really, um, can't really think of any kid that has been scary to me. 1961, The the Innocents? Maybe, maybe that was the last time. <laughs> I'm sure they have been. I'm sure they have been, but, you know, again, usually they're not. They're well, sometimes but, little kids are good in films. I mean, the acting is good. Like in the other film we're going to talk about, The the Others. The, there's two kids in that film who were just great. They were really good little actors in that. And I don't know if I've seen them any, in anything else as kids. Maybe mm-hmm. they've grown up now. It's been, I don't know how many years. Oh, you know, the one, I was trying, I'm just mulling over my head, like, what would be a scary kid? Um, I thought the little girl in the first episode of Walking Dead, the little girl zombie, was very cool. Not scary, but really cool that he sees. A beautiful blonde zombie girl. And then 
the other kind of scary kid almost isn't a kid was um remember near dark sure and you had the the kid who was the vampire but he was like a hundred years old he's still a kid and i thought the idea his anger that he's not taken seriously because he's a kid yeah so good and he was really scary because he was so insanely angry and outraged by all of it it was good that sort of a scary kid not only technically a scary well it was it was a kid actor obviously doing a good job you know but um and there are exceptions to the rule but usually you know it's you look at it go this is not going to scare me and it doesn't but the innocence from 1961 which we can talk about first um is one of those classic sort of it's uh, is it a british film yeah, yeah, I Jack, think so. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, and it seems British. Yeah, I mean, it's set in you know the English countryside at this huge, you know, this Gothic mansion, and it's isolated. There's just um, a couple of servants, and there are these two young children that are orphaned, and the uncle who lives in the city has not, doesn't want to do anything have anything to do with them. So uh, he hires a governess played by Deborah Carr to go and take care of the children. And that's when the story starts. And the two kids in it are really good. Yeah. And there's unsaid things. There's all these. There's It's it's a it's very mysterious because there's, the little boy is sent home from school for some reason. And it's implied that he did something really terrible at school. But then when he gets home, she asks him about it and he's like, Oh, it was nothing. And he's really convincing. He's such a sweet little boy. He seems really smart and very charming. You know, he's like in a weird way, he's really sort of too charming. You know, he's a little overly charming, manipulative, charming. He, but he exactly. also speaks like an adult. He, yeah. He, he's yeah. speaking like a grown man. Yeah. Know, would speak to Deborah Carr. Right. Who's also fabulous in this. Yeah. She's, she's great. so good. In it. Um, it's but, the classic Gothic, you know, the, the, the flowing dresses and the and the big halls and the beautiful furniture and the countryside and it's got all those elements of a of one of those classic style horror horror type films. There's no real overtly horrible horror in it. In fact, does anybody die? No, I mean the the past governess did die and the past uh, another employee died and so that's you know a major nobody part of died. The story. Oh, yeah, there's, there's no, just there's things you know there's a, there's, no a, there's a figure across the lake. There's a figure on a rooftop. There's right. somebody, in the, somebody window, in the window. That the, kind of stuff, which can give you a little you know a little it's classy. shock value. Yeah, it's classy and um, but a lot of it is the kind of stuff that we all loved about Dark Shadows and things you know that yeah. what Dark Shadows was trying to do was that that. Um, you know, I, was is there a narration at the beginning of the film that sort of my name is Victoria Winters? <laughs> I love that. There, you know what? It starts out. It's about forty five. I first thought my what you know the video wasn't working because it's dark. It's just black screen for about fifty seconds, and there's a children's song, which is the song that's sort of repeated through the movie. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, it says 20th Century Fox comes up, and there's a strange hand. Yeah. And then or Deborah Carr's face. I'm sorry, Deborah Carr's face. And that's the start of the film. So I really thought it's something something's wrong with this uh, the file, but it wasn't. The credits, opening credits, are pretty cool. And it's co-written by uh, Truman Capote. Yeah, that's yeah. something based that on the turn of the screw, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and he brought a psychological element to it because originally the script was much more of like a, a, these were real apparitions, real ghosts, or something really yeah. supernatural. See, I think the Truman Capote angle is really important because, you know, he has, he did, you know, in cold blood. So he brings this sort of 
cool sensibility to this kind of material, which I think is very interesting. He brings the psychological angle yeah. to it, and he actually took a break from In Cold Blood <laughs> to, to, to work on this for a couple of weeks to sort of polish it, and supposedly, you know, 90% of the script is him. Oh, huh, that's nice. interesting. Yeah, so yeah. it's really but it mostly really, him. Yeah. It really brings together the, the English Gothic with the Southern Gothic. You know, mm-hmm. his Southern Gothic stuff, the things that he wrote, like, you know, the glass harp and all the all those short stories that he wrote. They're, they're so Southern. Yeah. And, you know, all that stuff that a little bit of an edge of horror to some of his writing, too. But then this one is so, it's so English. Yeah, true. Well, I think it's a kind of the, I mean, yeah, it is so English, but it the story, the theme of it is very much the same. You know, it yeah. reminds me of that. So yeah. there were um, governesses and nannies in exactly, the South too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Everybody proper and uh, creepy children. But the, <laughs> lots of creepy children in the South. <laughs> but the kid, the kids do, and, and the the the, uh, the little girls are also quite good. Yeah. In fact, she has a screaming fit at the right. end of the movie that was just like blood curdling it was like yeah. stop screaming yeah. yeah i think screaming yeah. fits are kind of horrifying see that would be scary to me and this one does not last for three seconds I mean, right. this is going on for a while so um yeah it was one of those you know like am, uh, is this gonna is this gonna freak me out is this gonna be or is this am i gonna be bored with this right you know am i gonna be sort of bored with sort of this sort of you know uh, soap opery kind of film but it's so well made yeah and in many ways, it's, it's one, probably one of the best I've ever seen of its ilk. I'm trying to think of what else is as good as as far as the quality, and you know, the haunting comes to mind. Yeah, a few I was others. Say yeah. but that's yeah. kind. They're kind. It's at that level. Yeah. yeah. As far as the quality of the film, so I think so too. And it's also one of those ambiguous films where you're you're sort of left to analyze it yourself and figure out what really happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it got, it, get, it got an X rating, which I guess, yeah. you know, it's certain, any kind of little scene and the very ending scene, they said, no, this gets an X because of what happened. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, I won't tell you what was it was. Was it a but... video nasty or was that later? <laughs> <laughs> later, I yeah. think. Later. It's just something that's kind of surprising and it, it sort of it, it points to the psychological aspect of, the, of, of, the, of, of actually Deborah Carr's character. Right what's really happening in her head yeah she's, she's really the central figure what is really going on here that's what she, makes it really something you have to think about maybe you want to watch it again yeah it's a one that you would see again it's it's that it's that type of movie that's cool yeah i like movies from that time too the 60s yeah. especially a lot of english films from that time yeah. there's just a there's a craft to the the pacing and the the acting it's a, a little bit lower key than a lot of american films from similar genres were around that time yeah i mean i i as a kid watched a lot of like hammer films so these kind of british horror movies are always sort of like i like these <laughs> yeah and just they're very it's weird to say horror movies are comfortable or right. soothing but i find them very soothing for hammer some films are very comforting they're like they're macaroni and cheese of horror yeah. films for me yeah. They also have that look. The they way, yeah. the way so they're lush. shot. They're very lush. The yeah. color's very, you know, sort of there. And those are over the top. Those are those are kind of not what I was talking about with the with the innocence no. as far as like being low key and thoughtful and inward. The, this is the, not a hammer film. The hammer films were full of just <laughs> colored lights and blood and yeah. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and, and skulls. Yeah, screaming skulls. And, <laughs> but 
the Hammer films. We should do a whole show about we should. Hammer films because some of those are great. Some well, I of like them that are Hammer is still kind of doing with some movies. They kind of came out with a few movies that were really good. Yeah, it was well, it a Lady, comeback, Woman I in guess. Black, right? Yeah. That was the one with uh, that. Radcliffe, right? Yeah. yeah. It was really good, I yeah. think. And, and it captured, they didn't just go, we're just releasing movies. They made it feel like a Hammer movie, yeah. which I thought was great. That whole scene, like there, like there's like the moors or the bogs. Before oh, I'm get, just thinking. I still yeah. think about how creepy yeah, well, like that how is. That, the carriage went in yep. into it or something. It was like, wow, that's just so. It's so odd. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this big open space that was kind of watery. That yeah, that was really good. And the original Hammer films had so much moody coolness to them, but I think a lot of what we love about those things is the performances of certain characters in there. Peter Cushing yeah. was always just such a a rock in these films. He his presence in those things just elevated them so high above yeah. other horror films. And, and it was one of those if you knew he was in it, you're like, I'm watching this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got- if it's got Peter Cushing in it, it's going to be, it's going to at least have a certain level of class to it. <laughs> yes. And you know it's going to be entertaining. And okay. Christopher Lee, you know. Yeah. yeah. And the Peter Cushing will be real as opposed to the Rogue One Peter Cushing. <laughs> right. <laughs> not a not a generated Peter not Cushing. computerized. That was so wacky. Yeah. It I looked just, pretty good, though. But. It looked pretty good, but I was just, you just, you know, it's not him. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not him not because of the CGI. I think yeah. it's not him because it didn't have him doing the performance. Peter Cushing that was a was a quirky actor. He's one of those actors that had he would do things with his eyelids, you know, and and things with his eyes, little tiny subtle things that that nobody can duplicate. And the animators, you know, they did their best. They made it look like Peter Cushing. When you yeah. look at a still, it's like, okay, that looks like Peter Cushing, but when you see him, you realize this isn't Peter Cushing and subconsciously you know you don't know why, but the reason is I think my theory is that it wasn't acting with Peter Cushing's soul behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the animators acting and, and they are not Peter Cushing, so they can't act like him, which is, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but well, it's kind of, you remember that movie looker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where basically humans, human actors were replaced with basically CGI before they even knew what CGI was. Right. right. Yeah. This yeah. is where Michael I feel Crichton. Like, Michael Crichton. Yes. Yeah. I feel Way like ahead we're of his time. on the verge of that. But we still can't get that human, no matter how good it is. And, you know, I'm on, I'm even video games do that. Like the stuff is getting so realistic. But when it comes to people and the eyes, there's just something missing in the eyes. They it's just can't there. get that yet. But I bet it will. It's I mean, getting there. I'm playing um, uh, God of War, the new God of War. Mm-hmm. I'm so obsessed with that. It's so <laughs> great. And it's so beautiful and fantastical and magical. And so many Is great that things. one of your little TV games you like it's to play? It's one of my PlayStation <laughs> <laughs> trifles. <laughs> but uh, it's still, it's sort of, that. that I think is sort of where the quality of, CGI and animation is sort mm-hmm. of you know happening because movies they use little bits but in video games that's the whole thing and it's not even like where you used to play video games where they have a really beautiful cutscene and then it goes to where you're playing it and it looks like you know really base animation yeah now it's like everything looks realistic like that cutscene so yeah. it's getting there it's it going to happen there. it's not I mean we're going to replace actors with animation very soon well I think it's inevitable they're, they're already doing it kind of in a way with some of the Marvel films like with some of the new stuff where they're making people look younger or they're yeah. mm-hmm. you know the yeah. character of Thanos in the in the new one yeah it's uh you know he's played by an actor that we all know and you when you look at it you're you're thinking this is a living thing this is a living person yeah and it's gotten to the it's gotten to the point where i think we can we we believe these things inhabit the same space as the humans they're yeah. interacting with and it's only going to get better and better 
I think we kind of derailed our beautiful 1961 Innocence conversation. Yeah, and there's no CGI in the Innocence, so <laughs> there I, is I, don't bother. Not <laughs> even a little bit of CGI. It's black and white. There's, yeah, there's not even color in it. <laughs> there's no color doesn't even or have CGI. Color. Good luck, people. <laughs> but it's such a good movie. You know, if you just, if you want to sit down, it's one of those just sit down at night and just start it and just watch it. And you you get pulled into this world and you get pulled into this this feeling of mystery and what that that question like what in the world is happening is what happening is what i think happening really happening and it's it's a great deborah carr is just really good at reacting to to horrors you know <laughs> you believe her the whole way yeah and it is ambiguous and so that you know makes you think about it and so. there's some suggest there's some pretty subversive kind of suggestions in there about these kids about the little boy in particular that there's there's things that are a bit you know sexually interesting about his oh, some of the things and I don't want to give too much away but it's 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 like that was pretty appalling back then I imagine 1961 when this when this came out <laughs> the idea that you would even suggest such a thing with a little boy you know mm-hmm. but it was um it's certainly worth watching I think I always tell people who are resistant to um, watching you know, old movies or movies they think they're not going to like. I'm like, let's just watch for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. If you don't like it, we'll turn it off. And then inevitably, we end up watching the whole movie. Because movies like The Innocence, when you start watching them, you think, oh, it's old. I don't want to see it. And you start watching, and you're instantly like captivated by it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got to see what happens here. Well, the quality comes through. You go, oh, yeah. you know what? I'm watching something that really was crafted well. Exactly. And I was like, I want to watch this. I want to yeah. watch this because... These these people really put a lot into it, a lot of thought. Yeah, and you, and you forget it. that it was made after you're watching it for a little while. You forget yeah. that it was made in yeah, 1961. It's yeah. just Truman a, Capote people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all you need to know. <laughs> Truman Capote, Deborah the Carr. Innocence, watch it. Yeah, <laughs> and Michael Redgrave. You know, yeah. he's in it for about five yeah. minutes in the beginning right. of the movie. But you know, he got top billing, but he's essentially a cameo. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, well, that's early on. <laughs> Just, just so everyone knows, if, if you're listening to a movie podcast and you have not seen the movie, go watch the movie first. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. Spoilers. Watch the movie. We, we, we will spoil some movies. We may not spoil. It all depends on our mood, whether we're spoiled or not. But you should just anticipate it being spoiled. So really don't listen to movie podcasts if you haven't seen the movies yet. <laughs> and especially with the one that we're about to talk about. We're yes, going to talk about segues. a really cool movie that you just we just would not be able to talk about unless we spoiled it. And... It's a movie that came out. When did it come out? Oh, I'm going to say, uh, guesstimate 2008, 2009. Yeah. Maybe eight or nine years ago. It's a little little ways back, but it's maybe, the... Maybe, um, maybe it's older. in color, though. It's you in know, color. Maybe, I think it's actually older <laughs> 2001. than 2001. Ah, 2001. Wow. Yes. So it's... Uh, Gosh, time is flying. Ancient. It's an, it's so there we are, like with Carrie, like, well, <laughs> this movie was kind of recent. Okay, <laughs> right. 20 years ago. If it's yeah. in color, it's recent, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> if the actors in it are still alive. <laughs> if it was in the 2000-something, that's new to us. So. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But this one, it's a it's a similar movie. It's got um, it's got kids in it, kind of They're unusual kids. little kids, yeah. and it has a has a, a woman who's being besieged by strange occurrences in a big. It's like in she's in house. a haunted house. Yeah, it's creepy. But it's it's a movie called The Others. Yes, and it's um, who's the actress in it, Mark? Nicole Kidman. That's right. Ah, then, she's so good. And Christopher Eggleston plays her husband. Who, I love him. Who makes it kind of a, you know, halfway through the movie appearance, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but if you have not seen this movie, we recommend it. We're going to recommend it up front here and just say, watch this movie. If you've not seen it, turn off the podcast right now and watch it. Because there's some great twists. Because yeah. you need to see it without knowing how it, what, what happens in Bruce it. Bruce Willis is dead. Yeah. <laughs> They're so all <laughs> robots. Bruce Willis is, can't die. Oh, wait. No, that's different. But we're going to just yeah. go ahead and talk about this movie, and we're going to spoil the hell out of it. And uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's still a good movie if you know how it ends. In fact, after I saw it, I, I've seen it several times since, and it's still fun to watch. But we're going to spoil it. We're going we're gonna to tell, you know, the end of the movie because it's so fun to talk about it because it's, beautifully crafted very well made film it's made in a style the filmmaker um was i think clearly going for sort of a 70s style vibe um to the you know the pacing and the way things are revealed and the way some things look even these sort of foggy moors and the and the big empty house in the middle of a field and the empty insides of a giant english estate and two sort of um, very British children and and a very stately mother who who's very overprotective of them. All these kind of tropes that you see in, in a lot of these kind of older English films. It's the same director who did Vanilla Sky. Mm. The, the original one? Yes. Yeah. And uh, has Fiona, Fiona Flanagan, who I like too, who plays like the... <laughs> That's right. She's the yeah, she's yeah. the the gardener's yeah, wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's always kind of can be creepy. She is. She's another one of those sort of older women who, like we were talking about, Frightmare, who actually is really good in horror films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she is. She is. You can actually be good in horror films. It, it doesn't happen. <laughs> but if for a, you don't, you kind of don't expect an older woman no, to don't. be to be scary or mm-hmm. you know. But she. And, and especially she she doesn't look scary. She looks like the nicest lady in the world, and that's what makes her so effective, I think. Well, I think, too, The Others has this sort of element of sadness over it, where here's yeah. this woman. She doesn't know what happened to her husband. It's World War II, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't World know whether... World War I, right? World War I. Okay. Okay, and yeah. you're not, she's not sure if he's alive or dead. She's waiting for word. Like, she has these sick children who can't go out in the sun because it affects them badly. It's like... it's So it's this dark. She's housebound. She can't... It's a really sad element that it brings to the movie that isn't just like oh it's scary and weird it's like it just humanizes her which is really good and she has a nanny come in to take Mm -hmm. care of the children and and the children have special needs you know they have that like you were saying they can't be exposed to the sunlight and so the mother has these thick curtains all through the house and the idea she keeps saying we have to keep these curtains closed we have to keep because if the sun touches these children they'll die (laughs) and and it's that becomes a a problem because the, one of the aspects of the hauntedness of the house is that some entity keeps opening these curtains and she's like, who is opening these curtains and, <laughs> and uh. who is moving these things around? And there's, there's just these weird occurrences, really beautifully done um, haunted house type things like footsteps and the, the sounds of somebody in a room and, and all these things that imply this, this, creepy presence in their house like some ghost is invaded and and um so you know if you haven't seen the movie go see it but if you have we're gonna you know this is the spoiler this is the the uh the the barrier the spoiler barrier here so stick your fingers in ears and la, 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 la. <laughs> just turn it off watch the movie and then listen to this one after you've watched it but it turns out that um 
what is so cool about this movie is it's one of those things you kind of don't expect it. I didn't. No, I didn't. Neither see did it I. It was did a not great. See it it's one of those twists, like you know, like maybe six the sixth sense. sense you go, yeah. wow, what? A, it's so perfect. Well, the very, sixth, sixth sense, sense for me when similar. I saw the sixth sense, I remember sitting in the theater and I heard and during the scene at the end, I heard people in the audience going, "Oh, I see, I know," <laughs> and <laughs> and I heard people thinking, you know, like coming to the realization of what was happening, and I was sitting there going, "What? what? I don't get it yet," and then yeah. I got it. Yeah. So I got it late. I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. Me too. Yeah. I, I love... I don't know. want to figure it out ahead yeah. of time. No, no, no. And so when you get that reveal, like in that movie, you're like, wow, what a great yeah. twist. And I the mean, Others so does well it done. so well. Yeah, the, the, the reveal the is, done it, is done so sort of slowly and piece by piece. And, and yet it's another one of those movies where you find out what's going on. You're like, oh, of course. Yeah. It had to yeah. have been that. Of course. Why? You know, she sees at one point she's... Um, her husband comes back from the war and it's very foggy and misty mm-hmm. and very sort of uh, has a surreal feel. and he seems kind of off. off he's off he's, he's he doesn't seem happy to see her right. he's very sad about something yeah. Yeah. and he comes walking to her out of the fog and she brings him back into the house and he's just he's what does he what is there's a one line he's like sometimes i bleed Oh yeah, and that. there's yeah. some really great dialogue, and she just doesn't understand him. She doesn't understand why he's acting like this, why he's being so weird. And then he walks away. He leaves again, and he walks back into he just the fog. Leaves her, and she's like, "What yeah. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening?" And all these things that are happening in the house, the, these people that they keep hearing, and the little kids are saying, "There's a little boy. There's like a ghosts. boy." Yeah, but it turns out that they, that the mother and the two little children, are actually haunting the house. They are the ones who are haunting the house. And the reason that there's living people who are trying to sell the house, I guess, and there's people that are coming in to maybe buy the house. And try and get the shades open. They're yeah. opening these <laughs> curtains. They're trying to make yeah. it bright and airy. You know, yeah. It's like feng shui. You know, we're going to sell this thing. Gotta but from it. their perspective, the ghosts keep closing the curtains. Right. Yes. Right. And they have a seance in the house. There's another seance that they have, and they're trying but to... But a con- real one. Yeah. They're trying to contact <laughs> these weird spirits that are in this haunted house. And they and the people they're trying to contact are Nicole Kidman and her children, right. <laughs> and it's great. the 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 kids are a little more tuned into it, and it it actually turns out that Nicole Kidman actually murdered her children, mm-hmm. and that that's why she. And I guess out of grief because her husband was killed in the war, yeah. And she just couldn't stand to live, and and that's it's. I mean that's. That's the spoiler, you know, but yeah. but it makes perfect sense when you watch the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, when you know that they're ghosts yeah. or apparitions, you you understand why they're doing everything they're doing. Yes. Yeah, it's like extremely logical. Yeah, so it's a movie like, you have to watch twice with the new knowledge and because you go, then you right. see new things. Yeah, and it's just a cool. It's a cool second viewing. Have you guys ever actually done a seance? I've been to seances. It'd Not be kind many, of. I wonder if we could do a podcast in a seance. We could we could try that would to be kind of funny. We could bring back uh, I don't know Alfred Hitchcock or something. <laughs> Kathy, don't you read tarot cards? I <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know what the magic that would be castle, the most boring podcast. Mark you, the Prince of Pentangles. <laughs> oh boy, they have <laughs> seances at the Magic Castle. You know that we could that's right could actually go do a seance and then report back on it. It would be, I think it would be kind of cool to actually do a podcast during the seance. Like have the, the person here as our guest and they do a seance with us. Who would we want? Who would we want to interview? Well, honestly do not know who does seances in town, but we could probably find out. Uh, there's a couple five stars on Yelp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just check Yelp. 
best, I mean, could we just I'll Google best seance <laughs> or best medium in Los Angeles? <laughs> I mean, wait, we could just fake it, you know, like everything else in Hollywood. We no. could just sort of ask questions and then say, um, Alfred Hitchcock says yes. <laughs> No, I want it to be real. <laughs> Orson Welles is here now to recommend his favorite film. He says you should drink Palmason wine. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the Orson Welles we want. We want the one that's younger. Yeah. <laughs> is that his message from the beyond to buy more of his chitty wine? He's losing his temper now. He's flipped the Ouija board over and he's walking out, walking out of the studio. Uh, I'd be up for that. That'd be fun. I Find think it somebody. Could be very it could be thirty, forty minutes of nothing. But it, it could, could be nothing. You know. Well, we have to um, make sure that if a person who really does such things doesn't think that we're making fun of them. No, no. I would be very. <laughs> no. it would, I would be. I would even want just to. for the performance aspect of it. Even you know, because I mean, we're talking to a few Seths. You know, we we don't really believe this stuff. So, but I would be very interested in the the theater and the ritual and the whole idea of it. Even if it's not real, it would be interesting. It's to, an experience. Yeah, <laughs> Burke, so. Burke is looking very skeptical. Burke's going. This, this is, He's a, this is my last podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you two are. You guys have fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. Do your ghost stuff. <laughs> It's like I will not be part of this. I'll be over here watching The Exorcist. <laughs> He's Burke's just afraid we're going to bring something into the world. Yeah, no, I actually have a um, a Ouija board that has apparently been charged. Charged by how? How does that work? By a by someone who knows how to charge Ouija boards what with charging spirits. Mean? I don't know. I really don't know. But hmm. we used to have these parties. My friends and I used to live. We lived downtown. We used to have these parties. That were, um, I don't know if you ever came to one of them, but it was, uh, we would try to debunk some, uh, something, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of pseudoscience. We would debunk it. We would also have. Sounds cool. The Amazing Randy show up. It was kind of like that. But somebody, I mean, somebody said that if you burn a Ouija board, it will scream, right? Oh, I love that. Remember that? Yeah. So we got some Ouija boards and we got some tape recording equipment and we got a, you know, a 50 gallon drum with a fire in it. And we burned some Ouija boards and we recorded and we were going to try to get a recording of a, scre- a screaming, burning Ouija board. And, of course, we didn't. See, Darwin always comes over and he goes, it's time, you guys. It's time. Yeah. He always knows when it's time to end the podcast. <laughs> he comes over and is like, it's, I need food now. He's uh, like, you guys are going off on a weird tangent with the screaming Ouija like boards. Enough with the Milton Bradley toys. Yeah, burning <laughs> Milton Bradley toys. <laughs> yeah, so we were, that was a paid advertisement for a Ouija board. Yeah. Go buy one today. But, 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 you know, I, I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but I love movies about it. You know, right? the scene in the others where the little girl is, I think, is she playing with a Ouija board or something? And she's, and, or she's doing, she's playing with a puppets or something. How she's old playing, are Ouija boards? When were they invented? We'll oh, look into I that. They I, think they're, I know. William Fold. They're oh, from yeah. the 40s or 30s, right? Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It was during the time when when mediums and that kind of thing were really popular. You know, Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle, like we said before, was really into spiritualism. And but it's interesting how the, a toy company would say, "Let's do that. Let's make a toy about you know this spiritual board." It's, or like a game. It was a marketed ga- like a game, a game actually, yeah. where you get yeah, together with your friends and play. It's kind of a twisted game when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it for? I mean. It used to, it was, it weirded me out when I was a kid because my friends, my older friends, like friends of my sisters and, and other kids had them and they would play it and I would be like, what, how do you play this game? I don't need, yeah. and they would say, put your hands, put your fingers and it would move around and it was like, how is this working? And it, it kind of made me feel scared and like, like it was actually doing what they said. But then of course later you realize my friends were, were 
shoving the thing around and spelling <laughs> things out. Let's you get know. Burke. Yeah, he's a little boy. Let's freak him out. Well, according to Wikipedia, always a really good source. Um, the Ouija board was invented in 1890. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. around that time. When it was considered a parlor game. Right. Unrelated to the occult. So it wasn't really for talking to ghosts until we just decided it was. <laughs> I think it was related to the occult because it's based on talking boards, though, which were popular before Ouija boards. And they had those uh, spiritualists use the talking board with the planchette, you know. Yeah. And right. they would just claim, they would put their hand on it and they would claim that it was, you know, they would go into a, a trance. I think it does have its roots in mediums and spiritualists and things that like that. That is not but what Wikipedia says. I'm sorry. I think Wikipedia <laughs> might be a little bit misinformed. I think whoever wrote that was just full of it. Yeah. <laughs> they were being influenced by evil spirits or it something. Would, it would be fun to do a Ouija board thing. That would be fun. I haven't done that since I was a kid. Yeah, or the thing where you go in the in the look in yourself in the mirror and say Bloody Mary ten times, uh, and I don't do that. Ooh, it's so gravy. There's I, just something wrong with I that. I don't do that. You have to be completely alone <laughs> by yourself in the house. Course, it should yeah. be an abandoned house yeah. as well. Tony Todd will show up. That's yeah, always a great <laughs> candy man. <laughs> <laughs> candy man, candy man. Oh no, here he comes. Oh, uh, uh, but uh, but the others is you know it's got a great twist. And okay, everybody can come back now. Right? Okay, yeah. come back to our podcast and hear a sign off. <laughs> but I like the style of it too. I think it yeah, was beautiful. You know, it's rich. Fairly recent film, but it was it had that feel. The music sounded like the seventy, like the the classic seventies horror films that I love so much. It it you know when you when you say there's no good horror movies being made anymore, it's like yeah, there there really are there because there there's people who kind of get it. You know, they understand what it is about horror that sticks with you and 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 compels you to be interested in it you know why would you want to watch a movie about people who are you know going through such things but it's it is really well done it always comes back around to that why do you guys watch these things because it's good because i like it because <laughs> it's just good but it's yeah i mean it's a it's i think it's the oldest probably the you know we've talked about this before but i think horror stories scary stories are yeah. the oldest it's like campfire yeah. stories. Everybody yeah. likes a little scare once in a while. It's yeah. just fun. It's a safe scare. You're in control. You don't have to watch if you don't have to. You're not really in danger. There's just something cathartic. And they were probably originally used by the old cave folks, you know, to keep the cave children from leaving <laughs> the, cave the cave. folks. You know, yeah. To, <laughs> those cave folks. It's like if you tell the cave children, it's like, a, you know, there's monsters out there that are going to get you. The, the cave children are not going to leave the cave, right? <laughs> those cave children are so naughty. <laughs> And even cave adolescents probably really got into them like they do now. You know, the teenagers love the horror films. Horror films are marketed to teenagers because probably cave teens. Do you think like um, cave dads went outside to play with cave kids, like play catch with a rock or something? If the cave neighbors weren't uh, too annoying. You had to throw a rock at another cave, you might break its window or something. Yeah. Caves. I'm so glad I wasn't alive then. Living in a cave. They probably used a foot-powered car to drive out to a park somewhere to play. The horror movie's just these bad drawings on the cave wall. Like, that is not scary. <laughs> Hand shadows. <laughs> Plato's cave. But that's where it started. That's right. Probably. Beginnings of horror. So. It had to start somewhere. And they keep making them. Yeah. And um, a lot of bad ones, but there's some good and ones, And we too. keep watching them. Yeah. 
So we've been really bad about listener mail. We will we will start reading more of those on our next podcast. We got, they're piling up. It's time to start bringing those back into the mix. Not that we don't care. We do care. It's we just, just talk too much. It's just so we yeah, yeah we run out of time. And we might like, do a ah. whole we might do a whole podcast. Which is we should do mail. a whole viewer yeah. mail yeah. podcast. That would be very interesting. So we go up. off on these. So start sending more and because <laughs> we really appreciate you listening and and you know uh, staying involved with us. So yeah. and like us on social media. Like us. what is it like Twitter? What is it called? Oh no, not this again! <laughs> Hashtag uh, Cinemando Pod for Twitter, Twitter. and then Cinemando Podcast for our Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we're easy to find. Yeah, so that's the end of another episode. All right, go get scared. Yeah, go go watch some something about some creepy children. Be somewhere scared with them. Be, afraid. <laughs> Be afraid. Be afraid. Be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you later. Bye. This is Cinemando signing off. <laughs> <laughs>